Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Broadcasting live on the Mix Radio Network. You're listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Casey, the floor is yours. All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for a special bonus episode of the Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase any entertainers and creative types from all walks. Uh, I like to say if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, and I want to hear from you. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is on uh, Twitter. You can ask anybody that knows me. Uh, I'm on there all the time, uh, at Cutting Room MRB, or you can like me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB. Uh, quick little thank you as we do at the top of the show uh, to The Wolf, who acts as my announcer. You can listen to him and his dear wife Susan every Friday night from 8 o'clock until midnight right here on the Mix Radio Network on the Live from the Morgue show. Always have a great time crashing that show. Uh, and to Michael Cardello, who wrote my opener for me. Uh, also, a quick thank you to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Lori George, uh, who has set me up on dozens and dozens of interviews but every one of which has been bigger than the last i've got half my button august book thanks to Lori, and i i was i, I couldn't keep up with her on friday it was unbelievable the yeah so-and-so wants to come on so-and-so wants to come on uh one of the most generous and talented people i have nothing but high respect for Lori, and she's been in my corner since uh, pr- pretty much since i started doing this show seven years ago and so i, I had to take a, a double take when i uh Lori pointed that out. I, you know, she, she's known me since 2009. Uh, uh, you know, I was saying to my wife, I said, I've been doing the show for eight years. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I remember it like yes, it was yesterday when I started. So uh, it's crazy, man. Um, so I digress. Uh, the reason that you're listening to this now or downloading it later is to listen to my uh, little chat with Sal DeGuardia. I want to get in one more plug, too, for the guest that was on a little bit earlier today, uh, Eliane, who uh, is a prolific author of, uh, of children's and young adult books. Uh, and you can get a hold of her stuff at, uh, at Eliane's Words uh, on Twitter and uh, Eliane.net. Uh, again, uh, my apologies to her for uh, for not getting any mention, but she's getting two mentions of her website uh, this time. So, uh, Sal DeGuardia is my guest today, and again, a mutual friend of ours and Lori George. He's a singer and songwriter out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, his debut uh, EP, More, is due out the 27th of October, which is just a few days after my birthday. Uh, and he's here to talk about that and all of the other great work that he's done. And uh, he's also got a background in radio. So hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a discussion going about that. So without further ado, the cutting room floor proudly welcomes from Phoenix, Arizona, Sal DeGuardia. Sal, how are you? I'm good, Casey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So the first question I always have for everybody when they're on here for the first time is a, a bit of a tongue-in-cheek icebreaker. Is Did I get all of your bio information right or is that close enough? Oh my gosh, you were amazing. And yes, you've done your research. Uh, I could tell. And it sounds like I actually have an opportunity to do some editing on my bio. Uh, so the, actually, the, the EP is out now. Oh, it is. Okay. So that's my mistake. Yeah, that was actually from uh, later. That was later in last year. But uh, it is. It's out on iTunes, Google, 
Amazon, all that good stuff. So you okay. can get it pretty much anywhere that music is sold. Yeah, because no, I, I got that off your website. So uh, yep, that was my mistake. Okay. So I need see, and so you mentioned Lori George. I probably need to hire her and actually pay her a full time salary so that she can uh, not only benefit from all the amazing work that she does, but she's she's one of those folks that she'll she'll catch that stuff. She'll she'll keep us honest. No, and, and uh, you know, I, one of the nicest people that I've ever met too. I mean, I, I you know, you won't hear me say a bad word about her, right? So Absolutely. No, she's incredible. So, yeah, many thanks to her, but thank you so much for taking the time. I truly appreciate you having me on. So, uh, you had a uh, you originally started in in radio, right? And you you were at that for a long time from the sounds of things, right? I did. Absolutely. That's actually where Lori and I met. Was the first uh, well, I should say one of the first stations I worked at my very, very first uh, radio gig was in Tucson, Arizona, uh, where I grew up. And uh, it was at a uh, originally a Christian kind of talk and teaching station. So literally, I sat behind an old, old console, probably from the 70s, and played a half hour teaching program and then played three or four commercials. I opened the mic for about 30 seconds to give the weather and, and the time. And that was it. That was my that was my introduction into radio, but then I bounced around the Southwest a little bit and got to do some pretty fun stuff. And uh, what kind of DJ work did you do? You, you you had a prolific career there too, right? That's right. So I so my first uh, my actual first on air true position as an on air personality uh, it started at a big band station in Green Valley, Arizona. That was my very very first job, and that was the kind of job that you just take it just to get your foot in the door anywhere, right? And be able to say, hey, I worked at this radio station. So, and it was Saturdays for about six hours and that was it. Uh, that was my first job. But then I uh, took on a morning show in Tucson uh, at 97.1 KGMS. And from there I bounced out to Albuquerque. Uh, Sal and Shannon in the morning was a, uh, a morning show that I did out there uh, for a little while. And then uh, Shannon and I both wind up at a radio station in Visalia, California, a few years later. Whereabouts in the state is that? that that's uh... yeah. It's anytime I say Visalia, unless you've been there, uh, it's Tulare County, which is it's kind of the dairy capital of the world, uh, literally. But it's in between Bakersfield and Fresno, right in the middle. Oh, okay. All right, I, I know roughly where that is. Sure. Yeah, San Joaquin Valley. So it uh, it was you know that that journey uh, led me eventually back home to Arizona, which was fantastic. So 2004, I landed in uh, Phoenix, and uh, and I had an opportunity to work with one of the big, big, big iHeart uh, radio stations, Kiss FM in Phoenix, uh, and also did some work uh, nights and and some production along the way um, for a dance radio station where I got, I got a chance to, uh, I actually got a chance to do a radio edit for Madonna, which was pretty cool. Oh, that really? was kind of the pinnacle of the career. So, I mean, you know, when you say radio edit, I mean, what are you talking about? The edit of the interview or the edit of, uh, you know, what was the level of your involvement? Uh, it was, so it was from the, uh, so it was the song, uh, time from her dance record that came out in 2005, I think it was. And, uh, and it was the lead-off single that they had a six-minute song that they needed crunched down to a typical three-minute radio version. Oh, okay. Uh, so so I, got to, I got to be a part of that and, and do a big world premiere with Madonna. So that was pretty cool. Did, uh, uh, now, in, in a situation like that, uh, do you, uh, I mean, I would imagine that you would have to get at least approval from her people for, for what it sounds like, right? I, 
Absolutely. In fact, they, they so Warner Brothers approached uh, our radio station. There, there were some mutual friends that uh, had been friends for a real long time between our radio station that I worked at and and the record label, and they realized literally, I think it was the day before the record released, um, and they didn't have anything to actually play in the radio that was less than five minutes. Uh, so they begged uh, who at the time was my boss. He was the program director uh, for energy radio in, in Phoenix and said, can you please uh, just knock one out for us? Uh, and if, and if we like it, we'll use it. And they did. It actually wound up being the radio edit single worldwide. So you, if you go by, uh, if you go by the single version of it, um, you'll see uh, there's a radio edit and then the album version and the radio edit is it's done by you guys. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, so I, I guess what was the motivation to move away from it? Then, I, I, you know, it sounds like you had a a good thing going, but but uh, you, you know, decided that your career was going to take a different path. What, what to you was the catalyst that took you in a different direction? Well, I, you know, life is funny, right? So life has a way of of moving, uh, moving you in and out of of different situations. I had the radio was a childhood dream, I, truly. I, I from the time I was. I'm as far back as I can remember, five years old. Uh, I, I wanted to be on the radio either as a as a DJ or or a pop artist or rock star, you know, something to that effect. And so um, so the radio career, while it lasted, it was a good 11 years. Uh, it was um, it, it, it can be tolling, right? It could be tolling on things like family and and uh, any kind of a life, uh, because that's it when you're you know, when you're in broadcasting as you know Casey it's it's not just a job it really is a lifestyle if you're not living a lifestyle it's tough to you know to keep up with everything that's happening well I, I mean I, my situation and first of all thank you for the feedback but my situation is slightly different right I mean I, I work as a, as a corporate sales rep and, and consultant in the IT business and I do this as a hobby right so oh yes so, absolutely but, but it's a full-time hobby and I, you know and, and you know my wife kids me all the time she goes look if you're going to be doing this you know this thing's going to need love and you're going to have to work on it a little bit every day and I said that's fine as long as I'm having fun with it right absolutely and and there can be a time where it kind of moves from uh, if you're not careful, and that was my experience anyway. Was it kind of moved from the you know everything was kind of great and, and moving forward, you know, in a positive direction. And the, and the truth is, with some of the pressures, uh, you know, just like honestly, just like any of the artists deal with when you're out, you know, promoting and you're at concerts and you know you're on the road all the time. Same thing for you know for folks in the broadcasting business when you're out working those events uh, all the time because they're nonstop um, it can it can have some negative impact so it and it did uh, so I you know as a result I um, I was divorced from my uh, first wife and uh, you know went through some struggles there but um, but it was good because I think in the end you know it brought me uh, to a little bit more of a humble place because I think that's the other piece too in in, in broadcasting whether you're an artist or uh, a record executive or, or a broadcaster, uh, there can be that piece, you know, of ego that gets in the way too. And so, uh, for me, there was, uh, kind of some time for personal growth afterwards. So actually really, it was a gift, you know, more than anything uh, well, to be it, able to. It's, it's amazing how time can get away from you. It's, uh, you know, the way that, I mean, I, I, I remember at my peak when I was doing, three or four episodes a week of it, you know, I get to the end of the weekend and I go, Oh, you know, 
<laughs> where did all the days go? You know. I know, and uh, eight years now, and I know, uh, you know, I know, and you're you're obviously well known, you know, throughout all the producer circles too. So folks like Matthew Weiss and Graham Cochran, and I and I know you know all those folks too. Um, I know, you know, I, know I know a couple of them. Yeah, sure. Uh, highly respect you, and 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 it is. It's it's amazing how quickly time goes by when you look back and you realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this project eight years now. Uh, you know, same, same thing in, in, I guess anything in life really, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, so moved on from radio to just kind of working stiff, you know, just a regular guy for a while. Um, so, so you have the, uh, the new album and when did you say that it dropped? Uh, so it actually released, uh, January of this year. Oh, okay. So, uh, so way back then. All right. For an October release. And honestly, this project, speaking of Graham Cochran, uh, Graham runs, uh, the recording revolution, which is. It's more of an insider's uh, producer uh, tutorial kind of a website. Uh, so you can get tips and tricks on how to record and, you know, what to do, especially for the home studio artist, which, which is me. Uh, even though I spent a lot of time in radio stations and I had lots of gear available to me, I never really uh, used it for the purposes of making my own music. So when I started this project, it was it was literally a labor of love from home. What's what's known as the typical bedroom producer um, and started building, uh, you know, what I needed as far as equipment goes, you know, everything from mics to speakers to, you know, which computer and which program and, uh, to run the software, to be able to actually record and edit and all that good stuff. So, uh, Graham put out a challenge April of last year. It was a 90 day challenge to write a three song EP. And, uh, the first 30 days uh, is writing second 30 days is actually recording and producing. And the last 30 days is all the editing and then kind of getting ready for release. Well, I got through the first 30 days of writing and I wound up with eight songs instead of four. Um, and I knew this was going to be a bigger project than, than just the 90 days. So I was shooting for October, but uh, with everything that goes into making a record literally from start to finish, from writing to arranging to recording to producing it, editing it, mixing it, uh, and mastering it, I did the whole thing uh, 100% on my own. And, um, and it was... A lot, and and I learned a lot in the process too. But uh, that brought us to January of this year, when it released. So what, what I'm going to do, uh, Andrew, is I'm actually going to give you some airplay here, right? And uh, I'm I found a piece that uh, you said was a, a follow-up single, I think, called uh, "The Rhythm Is Gone." Is that it? Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. That is that's the follow-up single that uh, that was another Graham uh, Graham Cochran challenge. Actually, I'll have to tell you about that uh, when it's done. Okay, so why don't you uh, frame this for us? So what's this piece about? And then we'll uh, we'll have a quick chat about it after. Sure. Yeah, really. And a lot of the music uh, came from a time that I was still kind of struggling. Um, life is funny, right? Back and forth with uh, with some family um, issues with kids and ex-wife and, and just life in general. And so this one was, uh, it was kind of reminiscent of thinking back on those times of... Um, uh, you, you know, in, in relationships when you kind of get done with it and you move past it and you realize, you know what, um, we both had a part to play, but I need you, you know, I kind of need you to take some responsibility and that uh, piece didn't happen. So for me, this was kind of my expression of, well, then I'll just tell you, uh, you know, I'll just tell you a, that, uh, that this is not, you know, this is not anything that is happening or is going to happen in the future, but, uh, but also, B, I need to get to a place for me 
that is healthy. And so whatever that looks like, whether it's, you know, spending more time with friends or just kind of focusing inward, uh, eating right, you know, all those things. Like I just need to get to a place that's good. Uh, and, uh, that kind of leads into, uh, some of the lyrics that you'll hear about, you know, I'm just looking for a song that's going to move my soul, uh, which really is at the end of the day, that's kind of a metaphor for, you know, I need to get to a place in my life where I'm, I'm hundred percent content, happy with where I'm at and, and ready to, to move forward. And this is off the, uh, the, the, uh, the EP more was the name of the album, right? This is this one isn't actually on the album, but it was released right around the same time. So okay, it, it is right. it will show up as a separate single. If you were to go to iTunes or uh, Google Play, Amazon, uh, Spotify, it shows up as a separate single. Uh, but it was released within I think we released it within a week of the of the EP. OK, cool. So we're, we're going to give you a taste of uh, what Saul DeGuardia is all about here. Uh, we're going to play The Rhythm is Gone by uh, by the artist himself. And then so, Saul, if you could uh, just hit mute on your Skype button there and then uh, we'll be back in about five, five, four or five minutes here to t for another couple of minutes with you. All right. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right.
that was the rhythm is gone by Sal DeGuardia. Catchy little number there, Sal. Thank you, man. And that that was uh, it was actually inspired by I just had a kind of a uh, Michael McDonald, like an old Doobie Brothers kind of a sound going on in my head, and that's that's what came out was I, that. Uh, Mike so. McDonald was uh, yeah that that would be, I, I picked up on that. I, I there's a couple of others that I would have uh, thrown in there too. Uh, you know, a little bit of Maroon Five, and and that, no, that was uh, that was an interesting little piece. That was uh, I listened to a couple of them, and that was the one that caught my attention. So. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad you said Maroon 5, too. I'm huge, huge Adam Levine fan. Uh, I'll, I'll say it. I have a little man crush on Adam, no, no doubt. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you'll probably, you'll kind of hear that in and out. There's a flavor of Maroon 5 maybe in a couple other tracks on the EP, too. Uh, that's always one of the ones that I think uh, that, that I was trying to capture more of that kind of just straight up, you know, four-man, five-man uh, band kind of a sound. Did, uh, and I, I mean, do you have studio musicians that work with you, or is, are you layering all that stuff in on your own? That literally is all virtual. Uh, there's not, there's not a single live instrument uh, on there. Come so, on, really? Kind of the fun part now these days with how far technology has come. And remember, this is, you know, I'm just a guy in a bedroom. Uh, well, it's not my bedroom, but it's a space that I've designated from, you know, my studio space at home. But but it's not a built-out studio or anything fancy. It really is just—it's it, some studio monitors, it's a Mac, and and a and a couple decent mics, um, and that's it. And me. And so, um, so when I'm putting these ideas together, typically where I start is uh, like virtual drum sounds. So I'll try to find um, maybe a drum loop or something that kind of gets it started and gets the idea moving forward. And then I'll kind of go back and. But I I actually program out everything from every individual uh, either kick drum or snare drum sound on the drum set to the guitars, they're all virtual. Um, so it's all played through a keyboard. Um, but a lot of it is, yeah, just point and click and, and let the, let the software, uh, you know, kind of do what it does. So uh, I, I never would have guessed that. I, uh, you know, hand, hand hard. I never would have guessed that. So good for you. Wow. Yeah, thanks very much. That's the, and that's what you hope for, right? Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, when you're done uh, creating a record like this, uh, you know, you hope for something that sounds natural and it's fun and it's catchy and and it and nobody's left wondering, oh, you know, is that a Casio keyboard in the background? Yeah, you know, yeah. What is that? Yeah, you go back and get the the '80s, you know, can sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I'll, truth be told, I've tried that, you know, er, earlier in my life. You know, we've. Of course, any of us that are that are involved in music have probably tried, you know, all kinds of goofy stuff when we were kids. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all all me, hundred percent. Well, no, I, I mean, you and I are basically the same age. I mean, I'm going to be forty one in October, and I mean, I, you know, I, the I club, think, yeah, uh, right. So, uh, do you get a chance to perform live much? You know, I haven't yet. Um, yeah. I mean, I I that that really wasn't the goal with this record. Now, granted any any record that an artist puts out you probably got to put some time in you know playing live to promote it and, and do all that um and where i'm i i think where i was at with this is that i really just wanted to uh a just get in the studio and just get some stuff out it's been 42 years of wanting to and wanting to and wanting to and never really have any opportunity to record so it, it was a labor of love from that perspective just to do it and so i wasn't necessarily the goal was never like to sell a million records or or anything like that um but now that you mention it um there there have been uh some ideas that i've had for 
how could we do this? And I think actually one of the things I'm really interested in doing going forward, uh, so sneak, this is like a little, I guess, kind of a, a, a teaser, uh, spoiler alert, is that we're, um, we're talking about, wait, how could we do it live online? And instead of, you know, having to pack up a trailer and, and you know, go cross country and do all that, not that, not that I wouldn't want to be fun, but I, I'm looking for how do we give everybody the same experience at the same time? And, uh, and so something in the way of a virtual concert where, you know, we could do it through Blab or something like that, where uh, we could have live look-ins, you know, from different, um, different, uh, whether it's an online, you know, viewing party or something like that around the country and actually make it an interactive event. You, uh, you know, I mean, that's such a, that's such a simple idea that you wonder why you don't hear about people doing that all the time, right? Like, I, I mean... You you see you know virtual launch parties for books and films and stuff like that. Like you know why don't people do more virtual concerts? I, I yeah, you think it would be easy anyway, but yeah, I, I think well, you that think, would be you the think way to go. And not, I've got not not necessarily easy, but you, I, I would damn well think it would be more commonplace. Uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the good news is I've got. Um, it's funny how life works. I've got some of my uh best longtime friends since high school that you know we we were in a in a silly little high school band you know we played stuff like johnny be good and richard marks right here waiting you know like really cheesy cheesy uh eight, you know old music uh easy stuff but um those guys are still around and they're still playing and uh so we've actually talked about uh you know getting together and doing that here soon um so uh, yeah, hope, hopefully sometime this year uh, we will do something in, in the in the way of an online release party like that. Even well, though it's a little bit late, but that's okay. Well, Sal, I, I, what can I say? It's been a lot of fun talking to you. I'd be proud to have you back anytime that you like, but I, I do have to tie this up here because I'm out of time. So uh, where can people go to learn more about your work? So uh, you found the website, which uh, needs a little bit of work, but it's got links to all my social media um, outlets as well. Um, and it's saldmusic.com. And are you on Twitter as well? Yeah, absolutely. At Sal DeGuardia. Uh, so there's a there's a link to my Twitter account uh, on my website as well. Um, but at Sal DeGuardia is uh, that's not only my it's not just an artist uh, Twitter account. That really is just my you know yeah. that's just me. Um, so I'll post you know fun stuff there. And uh, same thing with Facebook. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Sal DeGuardia music. Well, and again, with one big thank you to a mutual friend of ours, Laurie George. What can I tell you, Laurie? You hit another one out of the park. It's been a lot of fun. So, thank you, Laurie. You're awesome. I love you. All right. So, uh, you know, I think I made a new friend here today. So, uh, guys, uh, you know, again, with a thanks to my earlier guest, uh, uh, Andrew Tregal, uh, Andrew Treglia, uh, Ellie Ann, and uh, most recently Sal DeGuardia. Three new interviews with three new people. Love it when that happens. Uh, I'll be back next week with a uh, an actual offline friend of mine, a uh, local filmmaker by the name of Soto Takatos, uh, Katakos, rather, is going to be here, uh, and he's going to be talking with his business partner about a bunch of films that he's going to be working on, so I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Uh, so we'll talk to you guys next Sunday. Until then, you've been listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Cut, print, wrap, and I am done. That was another edition of the cutting room floor with your host, Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, The Cutting Room Floor. With 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.